He's a former NFL lineman, an undefeated pro wrestler, an MMA fighter, and an actor. His name name is Bill Goldberg. And this is Who's Next with Goldberg. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of Who's Next with Goldberg. Today we have a we have an old guest, a reoccurring guest, um, first time on our new show here. He's a very good friend of mine. He has a show that is going into season five, technically, but four B, four A and four B per the network. Um, he's got a new season, like I said, a new shop, new cars, new cast. New format, and even, ladies and gentlemen, a new body this year. Tomorrow night, a great episode on their show covering the wonderful car known as Christine. Ladies and gentlemen, Wednesdays, 9 Eastern, 8 p.m. Central, on Velocity, Graveyard Cars, and its star, Mark Warman. How you doing, Mark? Hey, Bill. That's a great intro, man. I'm doing good, brother. How are you? I'm working on it, man. You know, uh, we we spoke a little bit prior to going on the air here, and um, we both started off not on the correct foot this morning, I would believe, on our day. Um, One might say. Yeah, 3 o'clock, my puppy was spraying crap out of his ass. Um, (laughs) So so I needed to take him outside, and uh, that's a great way to start your morning off. How did yours start off, Mark? Well, uh, it wasn't our dogs, but I had three employees doing the same thing, spraying the walls and all over the shop. No, no, my day was better than that. It started off, um, but it's always, the, and I can't say, but I, there's a little fast food drive through that I go through here in town where I want to jerk the person out through the window and beat them half to death. There, there's a thing happening in today's world with the younger generation about um, which basic social skills hello, how are you, please and thank you, that we grew up, because my mom would have yanked the ear off the side of my head if I hadn't done it, so I do it today. I I do it so commonly that I don't think about it, but you'll get to this drive-up window, and they'll just sit there. They won't even reach you, and now you're the amazing Kreskin. You get there, you pull up, you hear the beep, you know they're listening, and so you, you, the patron, has to say, uh, hello, hello, uh, yeah, your order, please. Oh, okay. Well, thank you for asking. <laughs> you give me your order, and it's dead silence again. Did you get that? Yeah. What would you like me to do? Give me some instructions, so I get asshole. <laughs> I get so effing mad. I do. I get up to the window, and then it's the screw-over game where they they got to give you a receipt because they want your car littered with receipts. That's all they think about. I don't want a receipt. It's cash. I, I want a receipt. I have to give it to you. But what if I refuse? Are you, what are you going to do, not give me my food? And so I go through that. Then you get to the next window where the walking dead extras work. And they lumber up to the window, they growl, and they hand you your food. I am so, Anyway, it pisses me off. I'm sorry I'm on a rant. Hey, dude, I, you, I, I'm you, not sure if I would rather take a spraying dog, but it was a rough morning. You and I could go on rants for every freaking <laughs> podcast that I have, I know. for every, I know. Every, every single subject matter. I, I would love to do that with you. Goldberg and Warman's rants. We ought to do that. Rant. On, on just you. rip it up. I agree. Hey, I, I think. On, on, honest to God, Mark, I just, I just came up with it. You and I are going to do it. We're going to attack today's problems. 
and we're just going to, it's going to be unadulterated, you know, just truth spewed out of our yeah. mouths. I can't, I, I, I can't stand Life it. is shit with Goldberg and Warman. Boy, that's just, yeah, that, that's, I like it. <laughs> that sounds appetizing, doesn't it? Yeah, sure. Not. Oh, let me tune in with the family for that one. We'll sit around the radio like the old days. Unbelievable. Well, we might water down the title a little bit. No question. No question. Okay. <laughs> uh, now, you know, we'll, we'll we'll talk about more of today's society and its uh, lack <laughs> of right. social skills and all that shit because I can't stand it. And everybody who listens to my show knows that. You know, I, I, I have, oh, that's great. <laughs> I got C.T. Fletcher on the show and he and I are the uh, opposite of political correctness. And now I think that you uh, you take that seat right next to us for sure. <laughs> great. Good. I like it. Okay, man, car guys, um, you and I obviously have spoken about this subject many times. It's our lives. It's primarily your life right now because that's what you're doing on Velocity. You've had a very successful show. My question is, you know, we got to be friends at the beginning, the embryonic uh, um, foray into the, uh, the automotive world. We spoke about original content in the beginning, and we spoke about what you thought and what I thought people loved about the show and the show has done extremely well. My question is why the, why'd you turn it on its head? You know, new format, you obviously crew members, you can't, you know, keep the same people all the time. Cause there's, there's issues, but you know, what happened and you know, where are you now? And, and what do you see for the future with the current crew? Well, uh, graveyard cars has been a successful, uh, franchise, I guess they call it in the, in the TV world. And, it's grown, you know, exponentially over the four and a half, five seasons, I guess, now that we have out. But if it, it's a bit of a twofold answer. There's two things that happened. Um, we did have conflicting personalities on the show. And while the guys that aren't on the show any longer, we still like and respect them, and we always wish them the best. But it's like a marriage. Marriages don't always work. If they did, we wouldn't need divorce lawyers. And so doesn't mean either one of the people is a bad guy, but uh, not everyone's a villain. It's just one of those things that you uh, you put up with to a certain degree, and then when you look at an entire picture, and this is the second half of the answer, it's, that is that there was one constant uh, blaring comment that we saw on our feedback and social media, as well as, I believe, even even the network would get feedback in the same similar sense, was that has the potential to be a really great informative show, but cut the drama shit. That would be, you know, kind of in a nutshell, just water, you know, just putting it out there like that. But cut the cut the drama. And so we had to figure out what they meant by that because what people say isn't always what they mean. So I'm trying to interpret that. And so in the past, we we played around with an episode that might be like back in season three and season four, a lot of car centric very car-centric, none of the shenanigans, interactions, which were all real, but it doesn't mean you have to tell them. And so as time went on and we could get feedback on those particular things, we found that really that was what they wanted. They wanted more car work, less BS, less of that, like I say, tomfoolery, grab-ass kind of thing that happens in every single shop, and you know it because you've been around them your whole life, but not everybody wants to see it. And we have, now that we've got two episodes under our belts, the social media feedback is amazingly positive, but not not a thousand percent. There are still a few folks that hung on to the old characters for whatever reason, and they miss them, which I, I totally respect because we created those characters, so that's a feather in our cap as well. 
but in the interest of producing a show that was informative, fun, and and fast-paced, I want people to look at their watch and say, oh, my gosh, it can't have been an hour. Because I think if you do that, you've got a successful formula, and that's what the new format is. It, this was a great time to launch it. Again, you had your conflicts between the people. You had the feedback supporting more cars, less BS. And then, of course, we moved into a new facility where we were able to accommodate all of those things and produce more cars easier to film as well. And uh, meaning that we went from an 8,000 square foot shop, which actually had all of our production company under the same roof, into a 22,000 square feet building where we were able to separate the production staff that make the show, put them upstairs, and then downstairs is all business. And now at the old shop, if we wanted to film, let's say, building out the suspension on a 70 Cuda, we would have to move cars around, get them out of the way, clean the shop area where it was, get all the pieces and the parts laid out, and then call the camera guys out, only to find out half of them didn't show up that day or, or they went home early. And so then everything comes to a halt and you wait till the next day. And so productivity, both from the automotive standpoint as well as the television production standpoint, would come to a screeching halt. New shop, lots of square footage. You, you're a great example. Bill Goldberg's 1968 GTX 444-speed numbers matching car. Beautiful car. You had nearly every part for that car, clean, detailed, organized, and ready to go back on the car. So what it allowed us to do was we had to fix some paint issues on the floor of the trunk, a couple little things here and there, just some basic cleanup, beautiful job other than that. Move it into our assembly room, and now it sets on a lift with all those parts setting behind it. Now, we can go through those parts, and when we hit a roadblock, for example, like this week, we didn't have some roof rail retainers. We couldn't find them anywhere, so we called Tony's Parts, and he fired out a set of those for us. But we didn't have to stop working. We just went to the car right next to it, which is a 72 Charger, 404 speed, and started doing the same thing to it. And then when we ran into a roadblock on it, we run to the next one. And basically, we have six cars in progress in the assembly shop at all times, which allows an infinite amount of filming, an infinite amount of footage, as well as never really missing a beat production-wise. Now, I'm, so not, at the end I'm, of the not, day, I'm not filming a show here at the house, but that's kind of the M.O. of me and my uh, my restoration slash automotive you know all my automotive work is i'll start working on something i'll hit a roadblock and then i'll move on to the next one well then you know a couple months down the road i got five cars that aren't working yep there <laughs> that's the welcome problem. to hell pal exactly <laughs> you just multiply that out times all the cars that are in the body shop plus all the ones that are over in the machine shop i mean we have 12 cars in progress at all given times and every one of them no matter how hard you try it's a roadblock every single time. And so now with the ability to, to just jump to the next car and say, okay, let's do the 72 Charger film guys, reslate, we're moving on to this car and store the footage. And so that's why I like what you're about to see throughout the duration of this season is heavy, heavy car work. And the first episode back, which was uh, the week before last on Wednesday night, it was mostly introducing people to the uh, the new shop, all the changes that were made, but there wasn't a ton of car work. Uh, next, the next week, the following week, which was last Wednesday, we uh, we had the full force here. Everybody was introduced to the new cast, and new crew, and we actually delivered a car in the second episode. Normally, we don't deliver a complete car one or two a season. This one, we've got the second one under or first one under our belt. 
and then two more episodes the next one. And I think we end up with five or so cars done this season alone. So when I kind of reflect back, I don't regret any of the changes that we made. I think they were necessary for us to grow the business because no matter what, the show is fun and we have a blast. And uh, and I think that it's our little mark on, on Mopar history that we'll always have left behind us. But the clients who have trusted us with their cars, their babies, their one owners that dad bought, passed away, and left to them, they care more about getting their car back in a timely manner and done as, as good as humanly possible. So the changes we made facilitate that need. Well, you know, as one of those people, I can greatly appreciate what you just said. But at the end of the day, you know, these things, I don't know, it's it's twofold. Uh, you know, you, you obviously want your, your, your car, your baby, your dream vehicle back as soon as humanly possible, but you also want it done right. And if it takes a long period of time to get it done right, I'm of the opinion that that's the way it should be done. And you know what? Go on to something else, you know, out of well, sight, out of mind. You know? I like I like it, and I think obviously I'm the first to say that we're we're a bit over what we originally talked about on your car. But I know that what you just said is how you really feel. It's not just a a, a line. It's it's how you feel because we've had that discussion that s- some of this stuff just no matter how good you are at something, if you don't have the part in your hand or if the part needs to be reconditioned, it takes time. And at the end, you want that car right because. I've had I've had clients that got their cars back six months late and six months over what I promised originally. Now I don't overpromise, I underpromise. But back then I'd overpromise, and every single one of them are still dear friends of us, dear friends of the family. They send us constant pictures of their trophies and and their interactive visits to car shows. And they're the six months they don't even think about it at the time they thought about it. But two years down the road, when you're just having a ball and the car is great and there's no problems with it, they look back and they think, oh, I, I, I don't remember. Was I upset? Oh, I remember what you called me. Yeah, I, he, he was upset. <laughs> I have a vivid memory of that. But, but they forget all of it because now they're happy that the car was done right. You ought to tape all those calls. <laughs> and play them back and for play them. Back when for them. Oh, have, what you need, you know, there, there's another podcast. Have them back on on a Graveyard Cars podcast. Exactly. Hey, today we have the Smiths out here. Remember, a couple of years ago we did their '69 Roadrunner. Um, how's it going? And they say, "Oh, gosh, great, best. You guys are the best. You rock, man. We love you guys." Well, hang on, I got uh, I got a message here. Play. You beep, 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 my car back. I think that I seriously think that's great. Just you, just your voice recorder. And you just play it like I remember, remember the remember the the audio tapes of the Jerky Boys, the guys that would uh, call and just prank people and do. Oh God, yes. So you know, you just play constant a uh, constant loop of the messages that people left you after their cars aren't ready. I can hear. Everybody. I had a fax. I walked in the office this morning. It shows you how technology in in some areas of the world hasn't really evolved. I had a handwritten fax saying. Cussing out the old cast members that are gone and saying, thank God, thank you, Jesus. (laughs) It it started out A plus B equals C, but it doesn't equal D. And then it goes into a rant. And then, thank you, Jesus. Love the show. I don't know what Jesus had to do with it, but I'm glad to be here. Hey, those are your fans. Those are our fans. I love them all, man. <laughs> okay, man. Like I, like I said, the beginning we talked about, the, the, the most important thing when getting a show, whether it's a car show or any other show, off the ground is concept. 
And, you know, one, one thing that there were two things that separated your show from everything else. First and foremost is your knowledge. Secondly, right. secondly, equally as important at times is the interaction between the crew members. Now, with the new for, sure. with the new format and you're given success over the, the past number of years, I mean, obviously it was kind of like closing your eyes and walking out on a diving board and not looking in the pool to see if there's water there. Am I correct in saying that that was kind of a leap of faith in that, you know, you're you're just trying to better a proven product? Oh, absolutely. When you take a show that's got uh, four seasons under its belt and of genuine, you know, good growth and success, and you punch a hole in it like we did and take two of your four cast members out, it's it's a nail biter. It was it was a nail biter for everybody. And I when I say everybody, I mean the people that air it, the people that buy it, the people that license it, and the people that make it. We were all nervous. We we had a hunch that we were gonna we we knew for a fact we were gonna give them more car stuff, but were but was what people were asking for really what they wanted. And so yeah, with a hole like that in the show, there was a, a lot of apprehension and and it was a, a huge step of faith to do it because I did have, you know, opposite opinions out there when we bounced it off of people. But ultimately, you, you know, your gut level value system has to kick in. And Well, your gut's what you know, got my, you to where you were in the beginning. Right? Your gut's what got you where you're at, and that's just the way it is. And so I had to go with that, and we had a supportive team here, nearly everybody in production, maybe a couple of guys kind of – had created or forged a friendship with the old team members because they were likable guys. But for the most part, we had total support. And so everybody stepped up their game to make sure that we compensated for that hole. And it didn't show up much in episode one, as I say, of the new season because we really, it was mostly, it was the Mark show I saw all over the internet. Welcome to the Mark show. Well, I was the only guy here at the time, so I did have to kind of carry a lot of it. But there was also a lot of information involved. And then two, where you actually start seeing the cast. My daughter's wonderful. She is so great on camera. She's mini me. I figured that out. That she, everything that I snap, she snaps right back. And it's funny because that's what happens when you spend twenty four years of your life around me. That's like and playing racquetball with yourself. <laughs> there you go. Well, and then we got mini me bigger one, which is Dave Ray, who can even emulate my look. And he's a brilliant technician. Just absolutely, he's the one putting your car together right now. And every single thing he does is quality or it doesn't go on, and I love that. But at the same time, the guys can walk over there with a camera and say, what are you doing? Well, today I'm installing the upper roof rail weather strips on our 68 GTX, and, and he'll walk them through it. And it's like in the past when we needed to get key stuff across, I was really the only guy that could do that. And now I'm, I'm covered. I got Alyssa, I got Dave, and I got Will. And so, yeah, I, uh, I, I'm not sure exactly. I don't remember the exact question, but yeah, if it was one, was I, it I a, asked a the question. Move? I asked the question 30 minutes ago. I mean, I don't even remember the damn thing. But I'm uh, sorry, no, <laughs> I tend to do that. That's a, it's why our podcasts are always an hour over time. They're great, man. They're great. And you know what? While we're on that subject, I'm going to take a quick break. We're talking with Mark Warman, talking a little graveyard cars, talking a little American Muscle, and we will be right back. Who's next with Goldberg? Find out after this short break on Sports USA. NFL fans, listen up! If you are headed to the game this weekend and you forgot something, that is a ticket. I got the place for you to go. 
Go to a place called SeatGeek. You can download their app today. And it's a really cool deal because my listeners, if you download that app, use promo code Goldberg in the app, you can get a $20 rebate off your first SeatGeek purchase. I don't care what game you're going to this weekend. The best place to go to find tickets is SeatGeek. They pull in ticket options from hundreds of online ticket sellers, creating a one-stop shop for tickets. You see virtually every ticket option available for that game all on one page. They also got this thing called Deal Score. It ranks the tickets from 1 to 100 value score. Plots the best deals on a color-coded interactive map. So you see the best seats available for that game all on one map. One of the best parts about SeatGeek is it doesn't take like four hours on their site to complete your purchase. Two quick taps, you're done, you're out of there. There's no faster way to buy tickets. You have got to download the SeatGeek app, enter promo Goldberg. SeatGeek pays you 20 bucks once you made your first SeatGeek purchase. That's the routine, ladies and gentlemen. And first and foremost, every ticket purchased on SeatGeek is backed by a 100% guarantee. Download the free SeatGeek app and enter promo Goldberg to get your $20 rebate today. We're back with more of the undefeated Bill Goldberg. It's Who's Next with Goldberg on Sports USA. Okay, we are back with um, Captain Mopar here, Mark Warman. Okay, today's resurgence of American muscle car, your opinion? I never thought I'd, I'd get to see it. I, I just... It's wonderful, and and everybody can, everybody has an opinion of what cars are the ones that are either the best retro design or which ones are the fastest. I mean, the tail of the tape tells you all those things as far as speed and performance. But just the idea that the evolution of the muscle car has gone from one dramatic extreme to the other in my lifetime, I think is is awesome. Of course, as a muscle car guy, I love it. Maybe. You know, some of the Prius owners out there couldn't care less, but well, you know what? We can, you, you know, no offense, but well, yeah, offense. I could care less about what the Prius owners think anyway. I, yeah. I, I, well, mentioned, I mentioned before that everybody who owns a Prius should be neutered anyway. So, <laughs> Bill, Bill, I'm sorry, man. You it are, is what it you is. You are, <laughs> you are politically incorrect. I am so far politically incorrect, it's not even funny. But, you know, at, at the end of the day, I appreciate people wanting to save the planet. I appreciate them wanting to uh, yeah. spin through it. But, hey, at the end of the day, there are very few things that express your individuality. And, I mean, you might as well just jump on a on a, on a train and, you know, be a part of the part. Now, of the there herd, you go. You know? I mean, well said. That is, in its essence, it expresses your individuality. That's what we did when we were kids. I had a Charger. It was burnt orange. My friend had a Chevelle. It was gold. Another one had an AMC. He put um, angel fur on the dash. I don't know, remember that long, weird, furry stuff you could buy in the 70s. It was awesome. Yeah. Those were the best <laughs> days. Everybody oh, it was the, the cars were an extension of those people. It was a wonderful It was. Thing. You know? It was our version of what it was going to take to get some tail. And I don't mean that to be any kind of showing it, but that's really at the root of it at 18. You were looking for some, you were looking to cruise the gut and, and turn the heads. And so for me, it was, 
uh, N50 tires on the back. Yeah. My sister's Pioneer HPM 100 speakers in the back seat of my car with a with her amplifier underneath it on an ACDC converter and banging out, you know, um, giving the dog a bone by ACDC with the windows rolled down. <laughs> yeah, I remember those days. Oh God! But you know, it's it's fun because it, you know you had the muscle car that really pinnacled in '71. That's arguable. People say, and I know they made muscle cars after that. Certainly. Some of the Trans Ams were fast cars, and and they had some of the Buick GSs that were still running hard in the in the mid seventies. But really, I think it's my opinion that seventy one was the pinnacle year, and they began pulling away from horsepower after that because of the gas prices, the embargo, because of the insurance rates, and so really, in a matter of three or four years, the Dodge Charger became a uh, Japanese import. And so, to me, that was the end of you know everything sacred and right about things. The Challenger also was one of the Mitsubishi cars, and then you begin. Then you see it go. It finally fall uh, when Ayakoka came in. Of course, he saved the company with it. But the front engine, front front wheel drive vehicles, and the K cars, they did save Chrysler, and I I understand that. But it didn't do anything to promote the muscle car. Uh, history at all they brought anytime they brought the name back for the next 25 years it was just a name with some colors it was never really the performance and then here comes dodge back saying now nah, we're gonna we're gonna do things we're gonna shake things up a little bit and of course in 89 they introduced at the chicago auto fair the viper and i still think that the viper was kind of the genesis of some of the muscle car revolution coming the super the american supercars coming back so now you can walk down to your dealership and use terms that you used to use. Yeah, I'd like a plum crazy shaker challenger. All right. Do you want that with cruise control? Well, that wasn't an option in 70. <laughs> it is today. <laughs> but still, you can walk in, and now all of a sudden you buy a 400 horsepower to the ground, real life six-speed car that'll do a quarter and 13, 12, 13 seconds right off the showroom floor, and you can personalize it. You can do the wheels, the tires, the stripes, change out the stereo system, and make it your own. So for me to see... Uh, the resurgence of the American muscle car is its a wonderful time for me to be in the business that I'm in. It's a wonderful time for me to be uh, old enough to appreciate it. And I know for a fact that you are because I've seen your stable of cars. I know who you are. You eat, sleep, and breathe cars and Mopar. So you must you must feel the same way. I do for sure. And I'm just I'm, – I'm afraid. I mean, I, don't get me wrong, you know. I am all for living as long as humanly possible, having the human race prosper as much as we can, you know, breathing clean yep. air. But at the sure. end, and at the end of the day, man, I'm really afraid of this electronic car uh, surgeons coming on here. I think it's going to continue to eliminate the ability to express yourself as an individual through automotive. Sure that and you know you always you know, you know you go to the drag races and you, you know you i love the smell of the meth mm-hmm. you know i mean race we're, fuel we're, and burning rubber yeah we're not going to smell any of that anymore you know the experience is going to be totally different and i get it but you know i don't like it i where do you and, think and it's going to be in t- in 10 years from now where do you think it's going to be I mean, you you still think we're going to have the ability to do this with the muscle cars? I do, but I think what you said is a perfect phrase. The experience has changed. It is in the spirit of it. Certainly, today's cars are faster than our cars were when we were kids. There's just no doubt about it. But the experience is different. The main thing that I notice in today's muscle cars versus yesterday's is the torque. 
and there's just nothing in the world that feels the same way. We just test drove, in fact, and uh, I believe it's episode 11 or so of this season on Velocity, uh, you'll see our uh, delivering our 1970 Dodge Challenger RT 446 back, four-speed, 354 Dana, all numbers matching car. And that in that episode, we took my 2014 Shaker Plum Crazy Challenger six-speed and set it right next to it, and we did comparisons. We did comparisons from the physical standpoint of what you're looking at as you see it, plus the characteristics of the original 70 Challenger that now exists in the new one. And then we went out and drove them. And when you drop the hammer, even like your car, for example, 375 horsepower, which was underrated, in a 68 GTX with a four-speed and 354 gears, which is what your car has, it launches you in that seat. It sets you back. The front end comes up in the air. Things begin to change in your head. You get crazy. But today's stuff, you stomp it, and the car flies, but you don't have that sense that you've just changed the DNA of the asphalt underneath you. And that's that feeling that I love so much about the old muscle. I had a twin turbo, um, I think, I don't know what year it was, twin turbo Porsche that I got from Jesse the the dickhead James. And um, <laughs> Just say how it is, yeah. It, it is what it is. And um, <laughs> I, I got it from him years ago. I loved the car, uh, so I thought. Okay. You know, just exactly what you're talking about. You know, modern technology, I don't know, it had like 750 to the spindle. The thing was absolutely <laughs> ridiculous. But it was all-wheel drive. It was, you know, traction yeah. control, all that kind of stuff. So mm-hmm. I, I, it, it, the visceral feeling of having a cool car such as that is completely gone. So I got, yep. I got rid of it, bought a 92 turbo um, rear-wheel drive. That You go around a corner, you stump, step on the throttle, the thing will kill you. No traction control. <laughs> You know, but right. that's the feeling right. that you want. I want the smell. I want the yep. feel. I want to be able to yeah. really experience. You know, it's just totally different. It's really cool to be able to get into a car and get, have 707 horsepower. But at the end of the day, yep. if you don't feel it, if you don't experience it, if you don't get in, you know, it's. Amen. You, you and I understand it. You know, a lot of people don't. Yep. But those are the people who, who aren't the car guys. But. They they will say they'll stop you right mid sentence and interrupt you because once again they have crap social skills and they'll stop you in the middle and they will explain to you how theirs their Jetta will blow your doors off and it probably will it probably will I I wouldn't argue that but I would much rather drop the hammer on a seventy Hemi Charger or Challenger or four forty four barrel car even a three eighty three or a three forty than drop the hammer on a Jetta and it's because that experience it's that awe factor anybody who hasn't ridden in one that rides in one will tell you if if I pulled you out in the 70 Challenger six pack four speed car, the 440 that we just did, and you've never been in a car in your life, and I stomp the throttle and row through the gears in it, and I do the same thing in the 2014, and ask them which car's faster, they will answer, oh, there's no question which car's faster. Absolutely, 100. percent It's the uh, it's the old one. Oh yeah. But in reality, it's three seconds slower and a quarter mile than the new one. Yeah. It's the experience. It's like going on. A, it's like going on a uh, a wooden roller coaster compared to the new style, right? Yeah, right. You know, it's, <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah. It's, so it's, that's that's kind of my take on it. Yeah, yeah. You know, I'm appreciative of it, and I'm I'm very happy that the horsepower wars are back. And you know, I think part of it's a little irresponsible in that you know, get these kids these days who are used oh, to these boy. these Jettas, and they can go out and for sixty grand they can buy a seven hundred and seven horsepower car and yeah. 
Well, um, you know, but at the end of the day, uh, you know, I don't, know. I don't know. It's, it's there is some responsibility that goes behind making a car like that, and I agree. I've driven cars my whole life, and I still don't think I'm the guy that should be stomping a 707 horsepower Dodge Challenger. I just, I just don't. I, I don't know if any of us should be. You know, for surely not on the street. Not on the street. That's the whole thing, because you have other people, other factors that are beyond your control. And it's just it's just that you you have the car because you want to go fast. So are you going to go fast? Probably. I mean, you're probably going to break some laws. So there is a responsibility that goes with it. It's nice to have, but there's nowhere in Springfield or Eugene that I can do 202 miles an hour and not go to prison. And I don't want to go to federal Palmini-ass prison. No, I don't you know? think I want to go there either. You I, think, it's hey, not. You, it's you, not my. You think that when, you think when you get six damn seasons, you can get a secretary to answer that freaking phone in the background? <laughs> maybe season seven <laughs> somebody's got to pay me here somebody's just gonna have to pay me that's all there is to it hell i'm gonna be out of work soon <laughs> Sorry about I'll, that. I'll come and answer your phones man i'll do my podcast Ooh, i like that i'll do my podcast and answer your phones all in the same i've already got a spot here for you my friend i've already got a spot the wrestler versus the mopar man okay speaking of, speaking of that now you know right. you you mentioned a bit about your regiment and your diet and all this kind of stuff and you're training for some match against me you're gonna take me i'm, I'm coming out of retirement i know but um what pro, first of all what prompted you and how are you doing on your progress i've been watching myself explode on tv over the last four seasons and I've been watching the performance of my body as I get up out of a chair. And I, I really, about eight weeks ago, I just had a gutful. And no pun intended. No pun intended. But, uh, <laughs> that one happened. Um, I got where I wasn't feeling good. And so it, it went into even a little, you know, a little bit of depression kind of thing. It's like a, a funk, I guess, is what maybe is the way to say it. And just going out in the shop and, and block sanding a car. In fact, if you watch episode one where I am block sanding on the fender of the charger, I'm kind of winded. I don't need to be winded block sanding a fender because I should be able to do that eight hours a day. And that's what really motivated me. Uh, had been to the doctor in the last couple of years, and of course, I, I inherently, I have the high cholesterol and the blood pressure problems, and so they got me on the meds for that, and we got it under control. But about two months ago, I decided now, I, I was there before. It was a long time ago. It was about nine years ago that I was in really good, healthy shape and felt good. And so I took that on. And I, uh, we have a couple of nerds here that they're both fat. It's funny. DL and, and Aaron are both porkers, but they know everything about nutrition. They just don't follow it. So I picked all that information from them. And really what I'm doing right now is, uh, just some real basic steps towards it, but it's, a very low carb intake for where I'm at because I need to shed the weight right now. And so I'm eating a lot of the meat and eggs and cheese, that kind of stuff, vegetables, but I'm staying away from anything, carbs. And I'm doing a – I started out just walking about eight weeks ago, and I'd make it about a mile and a half, and I was pretty exhausted. And now I'm up to you, running you've only miles. You've only made it a mile and a half in eight and a half weeks? I only made it a mile Jesus and a half. Jesus Christ! No wonder you're fat. One walk when I started out. <laughs> then I have progressed to where I can actually jog a couple of miles. I've been hitting the gym and doing weight resistance training, weights, whatever. And I'm pathetic. It's silly. It's just silly. I just I just go it when nobody else is at the gym because you know if there's a chick there, you got to grab more weight than you can do, and you're going to get hurt. 
So I just go when nobody else is there and I do my reps. But I'm doing some of the stuff that my old trainer that worked with me, his name was Sanatan, crazy name, but if you took out like one in, it was Satan. And he was he was freaking amazing. He had me do these ball walkouts. I don't know. I imagine a big stud like you doesn't do any of this sissy stuff. But. I, you know what? That sounds like something you do in prison, dude. I don't even want to hear that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even want to know. Okay, let me tell you about a ball walkout sport. All right. That's all fun and games. <laughs> Ain't nothing prison about this stuff. You got a 36-inch ball. Okay, never mind. Oh, it's all God just getting almighty, worse. But, really? All right. Just disregard. Oh, disregard. Disregard. Anyway, I'm doing – why don't I rephrase it? Yes. I'm doing a lot of core exercise. Okay. Is that okay? Yes. All right. I'm doing a lot of core exercise, lifting a lot of weights, and I'm doing lots of cardio. And so I should have done a body mass index test in the beginning. I did not. But uh, I'll be honest with numbers. Um, when I started eight weeks ago, it was about 239 was my weight, which is way too much for a feller of 5'9". Five eight and three quarter, and now uh, let's see. On Sunday, I weighed at the gym and I was two twenty eight. I think it was so right there. Yeah, and so it was eleven pounds. But I I know for a fact because I have been lifting and I can see it in some of the way the things fit that I'm growing some muscle. So yes, I am preparing for the ultimate showdown. Uh, I haven't scheduled it with you. I figure you won't need a lot of training, a lot of heads up time. But we will have a – and it might be when you come pick up your car this year. We might just have a nice little mat set up right out there in the middle of the shop. And I've been studying. Uh, you know, like football guys will watch the old tapes of their competition. I've been watching some of your old stuff and the spear and all that stuff. Why doesn't everybody just step aside? Why I don't, know. They I, do, I, you know. I don't know. I just step aside, and then you go flying out through the ring post, and I'd run around like Rowdy Roddy Piper and – It'd be great. I just put glue on the bottom of their shoes so they couldn't go anywhere. <laughs> that worked too. Yeah, that was I'm good. just picturing Mr. T, Clubber Lang, and Rocky Balboa. That's that's all I'm saying. Hey, and I'm not saying which one's which, but you know, um, I'll just call I'm you Thunderlips. I'm ready, willing, and I don't know if I'll be able by then. But hey, whenever it is, whatever it is, wherever it is, it's all good. All right. Um, that uh, sounds pretty good. You know, we just I just filmed a movie. Uh, called checkpoint and we filmed it in charleston north carolina the sequel my friend is going to be shot up in portland area whoa so here's the deal can i be an extra here's the deal number one you're an extra number two number two in the first one i had a a brand new harley motorcycle okay and that that was my vehicle i am going to request that that is not my vehicle in the, anymore for the second one. And so we've got to figure oh. out what we want to drive in this new movie. So, Are you a badass in this movie? I'm a badass in everything and everything I do. Oh, stop it. <laughs> What's your character? Because I may have the car done by then. Oh. I am working on a Graveyard Cars Death Proof. It's, it's going to be a CUDA or Challenger. We have both of them out back. We haven't decided which one. But it's going to be, it's going to have the skull, the graveyard car skull and crossbones. It's going to be primer black, and it's going to be a badass ride, just like Kurt Russell drove. Uh, but it's going to be Mopar. Oh, and so, uh, that, yeah, if you're a badass, I, I will lend that to the studio. You can be the badass in it, as long as I can be an extra. Carry some water around for the folks or whatever. You're there, dude. That's, it's, uh... Are there any hot chicks in it? Well, yeah, always. Okay, well, then I'm, I'm there. Yeah, not a problem. No question. I'm here for you. That's good. 
I appreciate that <laughs> very, very much. I'll be looking for a house to rent up there here pretty soon. So, uh, I gotta oh, figure, that's cool. Figure, yeah, figure this one out. No, I am very much looking forward what? to coming up there, man. If we can uh, work around the rain schedule for filming, then everything will be great. Yep, yep, it started. We got some good range yesterday up here, so it's that time of year. But usually in November, we'll have a, a real nice November a lot of times and early December, and then it'll turn off and be pretty much rain. So I don't know when you're planning on being up. but I don't know, but I'm I'm hoping and, and praying that they're scouting the weather. I'm sure that they are, and uh, it'll be all good, man. It'll be all good. Okay, we talked about the new uh, the, the successful first four seasons, the new format, the new shop. Tell me about some new cars. What do we have to look forward to? What do your what are your viewers going to salivate over that they're going to see coming up soon? The the rest of the season they're going to see the cars that are going through the shop that got actually finished and delivered, which include but not all uh, a seventy Dodge Charger RT, it's a factory four twenty six Hemi. It was a two owner car. The guy's dad bought it in seventy two, had it all of his life, passed away, gave it to his son, and his son had us do a restoration on it. So numbers matching burn orange four-speed super track pack car and just stunning uh that that particular car gets its big unveil at uh, as you could imagine i was asked to be the honorary person to throw out the first pitch for the local eugene emeralds which are owned by the chicago cubs by the way oh yes and i saw that by the way yeah yeah so you know i was out there cooking the ball across the plate well, again, that sounds like prison. Yeah, why is it, why does everything go back? I don't know. I'm sorry. I, I don't mean it to be. Anyway, I uh, I threw the ball. I don't know. They didn't they didn't actually put a gun on it, but I was guessing it was a buck ten somewhere in that range. Um, That's good. Sure that, That's no. good. I'm sure you can throw 110 miles an hour in a, in the 18 <laughs> feet. <laughs> you know, from the soft pitching mound to the to the plate. Oh man! Oh, so you, was, met, you know what? I got it across the plate. That was—I was so nervous. We—that's in one of the episodes. So as soon as I found out, I went out and got Will, our painter, and he's got six kids, and they're all in softball and all that stuff. I said, "Get some mitts out, man! I am not—I'm not going to do a fifty cent or a President Obama across that plate, man. I, I'm going to—I'm going to sizzle it. So it probably was a thirty mile an hour ball, but it made it across there and didn't bounce. I just did. But the crowd to... was pretty enthused with the car we pulled out there. It was a really fun unveiling. Uh, we've also got uh, the seventy Challenger RT four forty six back four speed, which I just mentioned. Uh, seventy Cuda three forty automatic rear window louver car, tour red, really neat car that gets delivered this season. Uh, Mark and Elena's, of course, last episode was the seventy Cuda three eighty three automatic. And then the other cars we're working on sixty seven Hemi GTX convertible, Bill Goldberg sixty eight GTX convertible. Um, let's see, we've got the Phantom Cuda arrived back at the shop last episode. That's the 446 barrel four-speed one of 108 car that uh, AMD did the sheet metal on. We are working on that in this season. Uh, then there's uh, cars we're introducing in addition to that that uh, that will be worked on, plus history and backstory on them, such as a, a one-owner 69 Charger Daytona 440 automatic. The guy bought it in high school, dated his girlfriend then, married her, Brought all the kids home from the hospital in this car. Really neat, neat car. What was the what was uh, the what was the black uh, seventy Coronet car? Was that an RT car? Was that a six pack car that I saw on there somewhere? Um, it was on your black. Web, it was on your website. Yeah. Um, no black B body cars getting worked on. Um, it could it could have been a, in primer. It was on our website. 
I only well, I don't know. I, it only jumped out because that's that's a car that I've got. One of eighteen triple black seventy six pack coronets. Oh wow. Yeah. Oh wow. And I was wondering where what, what the hell I didn't know you had that car. Absolutely. I stole it from a guy at Barrett Jackson. I, I threatened him. I said, If you bid on this car, I will smash you. <laughs> a WS twenty seven V code. Yes, okay. sir. Yeah. I, I very cool. I specifically went to the auction to get that car. It was you know, back in the day, I thought it was just hideous, but something happened to me, and um, I saw this car in their catalog. It was a it was a tent car. It wasn't a, a you know oh. Saturday or it wasn't a Friday Saturday car. And yeah. So I went out to Barrett, man, and I'm outside looking at the car, and this guy walks up to me and goes, "Over, you want this car?" I said, "Yeah, I want the car," and he goes, "Well, so do I." I said, "Well, good luck, oh. good, good, good luck, because you can bid whatever you want. I'm going home with it." And <laughs> That wasn't Which the right thing. To, yeah. situation yeah. for Barry Jackson. It, it was it was good and bad. It was great for Barry Jackson. It was actually good yeah. for me. But yeah, that that uh, here it is. Right wow, here. it's an original triple black car. Is it a triple black top, black guts? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Oh, what a stunner! We talked about all the all the stuff, the particulars. Tell everybody what channel and what time the show is on again. Okay, folks, we are on Velocity Channel, it's HD channel. We're on every Wednesday night with a new episode, 9 o'clock Eastern, 8 Central, and of course that's 6 o'clock Pacific time. Uh, they do replay it three hours later, so if you are on the West Coast, you can catch it at 9 o'clock if you're not home yet. You can always DVR it. Uh, and you got something couple- new, something new on YouTube coming up. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, we are working on launching a new YouTube channel uh, where we are going to be featuring different members of the shop here that actually work on the cars and they're going to be doing tech tips and how to's for you folks at home that are trying to get stuff done where you'll be able to write in ask us to say hey next week i'm going to be working on the four barrel can you do a segment on that and we're going to do it we're going to be the most interactive group you ever saw and so this new youtube channel which is coming um i i we haven't named it we haven't got a url yet for it but very soon we will be able to announce those things and that'll be a fun extra bit to do. Uh, we are, we're always live. Uh, we interact every night, every Wednesday night at nine o'clock Eastern, eight Central. I tweet live during the new episodes. So tomorrow night, if you have a Twitter account, you can follow me, uh, GYC underscore Mark, or Graveyard Cars, and ask me questions throughout the actual episode itself. So we got yeah, we got lots of fun stuff. So if you're a Mopar guy or even just a car guy. I would highly recommend that you start watching and, and learning as much as you can about this stuff while I'm around to teach it to you. Well, it's been an honor and a privilege to always have you on the show, Mark. Um, ah, you know, I you, am a, I'm a huge fan. Um, at the end of the day, if you want something done, if you want something done right, you got to do it yourself. And I, yep. knew, I knew my yep. limitations, and that's why I handed it over to you, my friend. You're, you're, <laughs> the, you're the best out there, man. And uh, all you listeners, if you like cars, not just Mopars, you tune in to Velocity. 9 Eastern, 8 Central, Wednesdays, Graveyard Cars. It's an honor and a privilege. And who you got the, Who you got going? Hold on. The Cubs. You mentioned the Cubs a minute ago. You think they're going to make it to the World Series? I hope that the Cubs make it to the World Series. I was a big Bears fan, so I started watching the Cubs back in the 80s. I really am not much of a sports fan anymore. But I think just, A, they've earned it. <laughs> Their poor fans have earned it. They're very loyal. They've been through some miserable stuff with them. But it's got to be the Marty McFly thing. It, it's got to be. I, I believe in premonitions, and I think Marty had the premonition that they were going to win the, the World Series in 2015, and I believe it's going to happen. 
So go Cubs. So, okay, Cubs win the World Series in 2015. My son buys Marty McFly automatic shoe-tying shoes, and, um, I, you know, I don't know what the and, – and I'm going to buy a Prius tomorrow. So um, Well, listen now. There is actually a hoverboard being made right now. <laughs> I know, I know. <laughs> I want to see Bill Goldberg on a hoverboard. I will have I will have lived a full life if I can see that. I actually think that was the reasoning behind you trying to lose weight because there's a weight limit on people <laughs> that can go on the hoverboard and you were you, Well, you might be right, pal. You might be right. I love you, sir, man. It's an honor to have All you right. on the show, man. I'll talk to you soon. And uh, ladies and gentlemen, everyone, Mark Warman. This has been Who's Next with Goldberg. Check out other great podcasts from Sports USA like Snake Stakes with Jake Plummer at sportsusamedia.com. Oh. Um.